This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back with you on Monday filling in. I'm Dave Schrader along with... Andy Brant Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We've got some great guests lined up next right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. I know. You were just going to find a way to bring Prince into the show after all. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, I do have good news. What's that? Uh, there was a rat stuck in a manhole in Germany because it was so fat. Okay. <laughs> and many, many people were... Herb, uh, I'm stuck in this manhole! <laughs> they were cheering <laughs> for it to get out, okay. and they got it out. They got out. Very important news. V- big news. That's mm-hmm. going to start trending on Twitter. I think it already has. I've it already has. It, yeah. yeah, in Germany, it's a... <laughs> Fat rat in a man. It's a, it looks like something straight out of Disney. The, it does. It's The way that that uh, yeah. rat looks, he looks almost cartoon-like. Yeah, he's like uh, yelling for help. <laughs> expect one of his animal friends to come get him out, but that never happened. Hold on, Hans. I will be back. I will find someone to get you. <laughs> How did they get him out? That was a, one of those thick iron... Uh, yeah, covers. and it was a very, very fat rat. Let's see, I'll find the picture for you. I bet if you just left there him there go. for a day or two, he'd slip through. That's not a rat. That's like a gopher. <laughs> I know. That's it's huge. a huge rat. But it's not gross. <laughs> no, he's cute. Like yeah. I said, he almost looks Disney-like. Mm-hmm. Aww, don't yeah. you think if you but just... He would have slimmed down, yeah, right, obviously. Don't, don't let him eat for a day or but two. But <laughs> also, you know, 
if it's a street street, then you know <laughs> people are put yeah. A, put one of those cones over him. <laughs> so people go. weave around the cone. Just give him a little house. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how they do it in Germany, but in America we tend to ignore those cones. Yes. So there's that. that. People are just like this cone can't stop me. I love the videos where you see the like the firefighters are trying to get a cat at like the, those little. Uh, pottery bricks mm-hmm. where the cat slid its paw through and can't get it out and yep. it's like trying to walk with a brick on its leg well last year we had that raccoon that was on the side of like some skyscraper in st yep. paul mm-hmm. yeah and, and then well what did they i can't remember what they named that raccoon but everyone's like videotaping like you can do it buddy you <laughs> just hang on don't let go and how high do you think he was when he climbed up there i i <laughs> don't know goose he was on the 23rd floor Ooh, how does it stoned? even? Yeah, seriously, how do you even get that high? Been, he had to be eating like those fermenting uh, <laughs> pumpkins. <laughs> no, no, well, fermenting pumpkins or fermenting uh, uh, berries. Mm-hmm. Remember, we had like that problem here. Was it a year or two ago with all the the drunk birds <laughs> yeah. that were eating the yep. They were like passing out in people's yards mm-hmm. and lay there. They're like, oh, we've got all these dead birds. <laughs> and the animal animal control comes out there and they're all like limping around, puking and. Yep. Drunk off of these berries. Yeah. Well, they get those with squirrels too when they start eating the fermented pumpkins in November after Halloween, and like the squ- take their pumpkin off there. Have you seen some pumpkins that have been sitting out? They get gross like, real quick. Yeah, and <laughs> some people just throw like a Santa hat on and leave it in the front yard. <laughs> and then these poor squirrels eat it, mm-hmm. and then they're like staggering through the yard, falling out of trees because they're drunk. Larry. <laughs> I've been, Larry, this pumpkin's delicious. I've been yelled at by a squirrel. I have too, actually. It, what? I was walking to work and this squirrel was on a uh, fence just screaming at me. <laughs> I have no idea. It was I, just I, looking at I, me. making. Yes, and that's what they sound like. I was pulling into my driveway. This is when I still lived at home with my parents. And there was a squirrel in the road. And I'm like slowing down. And it's like he didn't want to move. Like, hey, I'm already here. Right. You're in my way. Right. And so you had the Tony Soprano of squirrels? Yes. Yeah, so he jetted off up in the tree. And I get out of my car. All of a sudden, I hear this like screaming at. I'm like, what the they heck? They sound horrible and when I they looked, yell. I looked up. And he's on a branch looking down at me, screaming at me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even do anything to this squirrel. I was just walking by. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> I don't my, know what's happening maybe there. Maybe it was just a racist my squirrel. My psychosis yeah. kicked in, and I started yelling back at it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm up like, there? I was driving. I was in the road. What do you want me to do? Run you over? <laughs> just, How did that go? How did the conversation evolve from there? <laughs> he just, I just went on my merry way. Mm. But yeah, I was yelled at by a squirrel. Yeah, I stopped and just like looked at it for a while. <laughs> did you give me a dirty this, look? And this woman was walking by and she saw that I, I was just being yelled at by this squirrel <laughs> on the sidewalk. And she was like, what is it doing? And I was like, I have no idea. It's mad at me for something. <laughs> Chattering yep. for something. Must be a, uh, a girl squirrel. Well, we have Dan on the phone. Oh, great. Maybe Joining he us. also knows about squirrel behavior. We'll find out about that. Dan, uh, how do I say your last name properly, Dan? I don't want to butcher it here. Subotnik. Subotnik. Dan Subotnik joining us on the air right now. Um, thank you for, for doing this. Let me see if I got well, this thank right. Thank you for inviting me. A national survey has found that nearly one in 10 yeah. persons reported they have been falsely accused of sexual assault, domestic violence, or child abuse. Is that possible? So one many. out of every 10? Uh, let's put it this way. It is possible. Uh, the official numbers, I mean, semi-official numbers, let's say, are from 6 to 8%. Uh, so ten isn't all that big a stretch from eight. So maybe. Unreal. Um, your book, Toxic Diversity, Race, Gender, America. Uh, but we're here to talk about kind of facing this epidemic of false allegations and wrongful convictions. Yeah. You know, I do a true crime podcast on Tuesdays, and the the amount of of false stories, uh, the the amount of wrongful convictions yeah. are astounding to me and how long they go and and all that's involved i mean look stephen avery probably one of the biggest cases of false allegations regarding sexual conduct in the first case that got him put away for like what was it 18 years and 
You know, uh, that's a name that uh, is is not uh, dredging up anything. Ma- Making a murderer is that Netflix series, the the series that kind of blew up a oh, few years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, this is not a rape case. This is a murder case. Well, okay. no, his first case that he was put away for was assaulting and raping a woman, oh, which he didn't rape. do. Okay. And he didn't do. He was put away for 18 years and then got out and was supposed to get paid 34, 35 million dollars. And then suddenly a woman is Mm -hmm. murdered and they, you know, possibly may have pinned yet another crime on him. And now that he's just won the ability to appeal. But. Oh, God. Where uh, is this a Twin Cities case? No, this is in Wisconsin, Manitowoc County. Really? Okay. Yeah. Somehow it passed me by. Okay. It's. So, shoot. But these stories are, are bizarre. And, you know, I know it's real easy uh, for people to just put out allegations, especially if they're feeling uh, hurt or slighted. I know I had a friend in college that as he and his girlfriend are breaking up and she's begging him not to leave, I heard her during this, this fight saying, I'm going to tell everybody you raped me oh at a party. God. And that was go. her way to try to keep him. Yeah, and I, listen, I don't want to, you yeah. know, villainize women. No, on, on the this, contrary, this, but is, wow. this is exactly what I what, what I'm 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 ready to talk about. Right, uh, and I, I I think we don't exactly have a handle on the label for this, because once you say false rape accusation, you're saying that the woman truly uh, truly believes that it is uh, that it that it is false, knows that it is false, and my focus is on the more usual circumstance which is that the woman doesn't know that it is fault, but she persuades herself uh, that it is fault, that uh, she's got all kinds of guilt feelings, maybe revenge feelings too, but guilt feelings uh, about having sex. She's thinking about her mother or father. She's thinking about her cousins. She's thinking about her, her, her religious teachers in, uh, in Sunday school. And then all of a sudden, out comes a, uh, an accusation. I'm not making this up. Uh, I wanna, if your reader's up for it, I want to read a little bit from a woman uh, who probably is the expert on this subject because she has actually sat in on uh, uh, tribunals deciding the guilt and innocence of uh, folks on campus. Please. Mm. Uh, I, can I read a little bit? Yes, to you? please do. Okay. So uh, her name is Joan Howarth, H O W A R T H. Many highly accomplished women students suffer from sexual identities that are painful, constrained, and fearful. They have little control over their, over their sexuality, and this can lead to an enforcement regime being activated to vindicate honor, provide safety from a third party, reinforce sexual identities of uh, innocence, protect against jealousy, or protect young women from falling from someone's grace. It can be a safety net to catch someone from falling from good to slut. It's, a, quite, it's quite a statement from a woman who's got seven, eight years of experience sitting on a college tribunal, who's a dean of a law school, I should add. And then she finishes this way, unpleasant and unwelcome as this reality may be, we should recognize it. And here comes the punchline, because as a matter of social justice, we believe you does not translate into individual, uh, fair individual adjudication. Hmm. So she puts it on the line. We have a lot of people who are writing in this area who do not have the experience that this woman has. She's a she's a feminist, and this is what she put on paper, and it it knocked my socks off uh, when I saw this, and really changed my my whole uh, thinking about these cases. Well, what you know in in this current Me Too environment where women are starting to empower themselves again, and you know I'm all for that getting yeah. getting past the victimization, getting past the the. Um, anger, the frustrations of keeping these things to themselves. It's, it's, it's great to see women stepping up into that power line, but then there are so many people that are making false claims because they want the attention as well. Mm-hmm. How do we start to discern truth attention. from fact? And I, I think, I think it's one more thing besides wanting attention and wanting attention is certainly a good part of it. The other, the other part is they talk themselves into it. So, and I've seen, I've, I've seen, I read about this on a number of occasions woman has an experience. She doesn't know what happened exactly. She's, uh, she drank too much. Uh, and a day, a week, a month later, two months later, six months later, her friends are talking to her. And one of them says, you know, you're, I've been reading about this stuff. You were really raped. And then the other girlfriends, uh, glom onto the case. And pretty soon the girl is uh, persuaded, uh, to file a complaint. I've actually personally seen online a bunch of, uh, People will go to a help forum and they'll say that, you know, 
we I had sex with my boyfriend, but I'm not sure I was like, did I do it too early? You know, right? And that, how, well, yeah, should I have done it? Chiming in with, well, if you were that young, he was taking advantage. Yeah, of people you will and... say you were raped. You have to go to the police and accuse him of rape. And then it, it's it's yeah. just interesting how it's like they want rape to be more common, which is a bizarre they, mindset that I, I don't that, understand. That's certainly the case. You know, there's a way of dealing with this because most of the victims are people without a whole lot of experience, young women without a whole lot of experience. And I think uh, extensively about the possibility of raising the age of consent from 16 to 18, 19. It's crazy in, 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 in contemporary culture because all of the media are pushing sex on, on kids all the way down to 12. Uh, so I don't know how you would ever enforce a rule like that. But, but in, in principle, that rule would make sense. Yeah, sixteen-year-olds don't know what they're doing, really. In principle, but then you run into well, the fact where some of sense, these people, but they, but they certainly know in another sense, right? Mm. But, but in, in the sense that they, that they, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that the only problem you run into then is people start getting falsely. If you you raise the sexual limit to eighteen, nineteen, yeah, people that are sixteen, seventeen, that are you know girls that are seventeen that are having sex with their eighteen-year-old boyfriend, and and the father gets you know, catches them, suddenly this kid gets labeled as a sexual predator for the rest of his life. That's right. And that's, has to that's register. Right. And, and it gets that, real scary. The in, other part of it is... Right. The other part of it is that the average the average, the average uh, age of first intercourse seems to be something like 17.3 years. There, there are different data on this. So the kids going to college, half the kids going to college already have sexual experience. Could you imagine the college is trying to impose a rule that says no sex until you're 21? Yeah. Well, they already I mean, say no drinking, the, and they the, do the that campus, anyway. So. Yeah. And that's right. No drinking. We, we see how well that's working. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the the culture. I think in trying to empower people, it gets it, it goes to the extreme in some senses, where then people are looking for reasons to be um, upset, and and I don't want that to be. Yeah. It sounds like I'm discounting. The, the claims that are being made, because there are enough women. I, I To be truthful with you, I think if I were to look at the top 100 women I know, I probably only know about eight of them that haven't been sexually abused or raped at one point in their life, according to the stories they've told me. I take them at their word on this. So uh, yeah, okay. is it, you know, people want this to be more open, they're willing to kind of put a, a round peg into a triangle hole so that they don't feel as alone because if everybody's having this experience, there's, you know, power in numbers. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if we take it too far sometimes into how it's, no, I, how I, it's I examined. You're, you're right. We should not, in, in, in making these arguments that you and I are making, uh, we should not go too far and say there's no rape. There's plenty of rape. There's plenty of sexual assault short of rape. And uh, no one is saying that shouldn't be taken seriously. Uh, the, the question is, should, should we make sure that we police the line to make sure that that uh, the people who are claiming rape are actually uh, are actually uh, raped? Right, but then it gets into the you know definition of the whole scenario. I think, yeah, and then it gets into definition, and yeah. of course, and of course, there are no, there are uh, ordinarily no witnesses. Uh, uh, Dan, can we do this? About a history we, of some we, have, kind. we have to go to a yeah. break. Can I keep you on? Would you stay for a little bit longer into our next segment? Sure. All right, hold sure. tight. We'll cover more gonna, of this. You're going to buy me a drink in the meantime? Sure, sure. <laughs> Hold tight. Dan Sabotnik, our guest, when we return to the Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. 
Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutrimost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutrimost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutrimost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutrimost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutrimost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutrimost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutrimost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. In a little bit, jo- Dr. John Huber is going to join us. Uh, your earliest childhood memories may be false. And 50% of people remember events that never happened. We'll talk yeah. about that. Kind of a strange tie-in. Honestly, what we're discussing now is uh, Dan Sabotnik. Um, Dan, talking about this, what do we do to start getting control back so that you know these false allegations and false accusations stop? Is there a way to educate men and women alike so that we understand the parameters of these issues so that we're not discounting women's claims and and not maybe you know um going too harsh on men that sometimes are the victims of these claims well uh it's very important and and grandma knows this and great-grandma knows this to tell women that when they they take a step after a party, they've been drinking, and they go to a man's room, and they start messing around. That that whatever the culture may say, whatever the culture may say in legal terms, it's, there's no protection for the woman. There's a signal there that the men have a right to. Uh, there's a signal to the men that they have a right to explore further, and the women are not going to be left alone under those circumstances. And so, what does that mean? It, it means be aware. When you go into a man's room, particularly after a party and uh, somebody you don't know very well, be aware that things can happen, and your non-response, your non-response is going to be taken as a an affirmative response. Yeah, that's and a that's a sticky way. You've got to be an advocate for yourself, and you know I, I hear from women that, that, advocate, yes. that say, "Well, I was in this situation and I didn't know what to do." Well, you know what to do well, would have been to say, "Hey." This isn't where we're going to go. I'm mm-hmm. not going to have sex. I don't mind if we come in, if we're going to, you know, kiss, hold hands, whatever, but just be aware that this is not my intention. And precisely, you know, and it's, that's what the women have to, that's what the women have to learn uh, to do. But on the other side, it's, it's equally imperative for us to teach the boys. And, you know, I've got sons oh, myself that, it Hey, is, listen, just because she comes into your room and may completely undress and is in a, in a drunken state or yeah. whatever, you need to make sure that this is right. I worked at a bar in Winona, and I was a bouncer for two years. And I had women that would, at the end of the night, come throw themselves. And I always said, hey, I'll tell you what, if you feel this way sober tomorrow, come hit me up and let's talk. And, you know, I, I that's what yeah. I put myself into is I just never wanted to be that guy that now you're going to have oh, to duck your that, eyes to. Right. I'm not saying men don't need an, I'm not right. saying men don't need an education, but, the right. pro, but, but what the feminists are saying uh, uh, is that women have to stick together on this and uh, support uh, their claims? Uh, and what I'm saying is the burden the burden has has shifted in some ways uh, to women, and they've got to absorb the burden. They do, and I, I think there has to be a claim. But the overpowering nature and and the way that men have been empowered for all these years, I can understand the intimidation factor, um, and and women well, trying you to can understand it, but. Yeah, but women trying to bond no, together right. to come forward and say, you know, we have to empower each other that it's okay. But I wonder at what line do we draw where we have to hold everybody culpable because there have been claim after claim after claim that are being proven, you know, right away or sometimes years later after somebody's been incarcerated for this crime that I yeah. I was just angry at the time. I was actually drunk and, and I cheated on my boyfriend with him and my boyfriend found out so I said he raped me mm-hmm. and, and that's how the yeah. story evolves. There, there has that, to be more that's culpability. One the, that's one of the storylines, yes. Right. That's one of the storylines. You've got you to. Know, you, you said something before that I, that I thought about over the break, sure. uh, Tom. Uh, what, uh, what is it that the women are getting, the, the, the potential claimants, uh, complainants are getting from their friends? It's not, it's not just 
the bonding, the, the, the bonding of other women together, the feeling of womanhood. It's also the energy of victimization. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, it gives you a purpose. You, you, know, you go to school and you've got taking classes that you're not, not interested in. And all of a sudden somebody says, we have a cause here. And the cause is related to you because you inspired this, you inspired this cause. And you can help other people in the same situation. And pretty soon you've got a purpose in life. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why these claims are coming forward. Dan, I appreciate you staying in with us a little bit. We're having a lot more and more issues with your audio as you sound like you're dropping out and talking to us from about 50 miles away. Oh, really? I'm, but, um, is that right? We'll, we'll put up the links okay. and information about you, the books, and, and such. Thank you so much for stopping in and talking about this. Thank you very topic. much, Tom. Thank you so much, Dan Sabotnik, our guest. Uh, this, is, this is a conversation that needs to continue, a conversation that you know we need to have, but... Is our is our guest still online? Yes. Okay. Um, when you're when you're talking about these type of topics, uh, yeah, and and um, and you know discussing these type of things, we've got to you know remain uh, aware of the fact that you know everybody in this has a has a sense. Everybody in this has a story to tell, and we can't just discount either side. And that's an important factor to the story. You know, it's it's important to know that our you know, our our women in our lives, our daughters, our granddaughters, our nieces, they need to be empowered and going in empowered, making better decisions. But it's it doesn't just fall on them. It's it's gotta be the culpability has gotta be the same across the board. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, I didn't necessarily I, I think our guest had a, a good concept of this. I, I just felt like he might be more uh, on the side of women being wrong Mm -hmm. and yes it's easy to sit there and take that stance because there have been so many claims that have been proved incorrect later on but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. well i mean coming from someone who has been sexually assaulted i've been sexually assaulted by a a boyfriend of mine Mm -hmm. that i've been in was in a relationship with and i've been sexually assaulted by complete strangers um after all those things have happened to me, um, I didn't report any of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know the ones with the strangers and stuff, like at a bar or whatever, I took it into my own hands and assaulted them back by punching or hitting or shoving. You know, I'm mm-hmm. letting them know, don't touch me. You're not allowed to do that. Right. I don't even know you. Um, but I've always put my, I've always made a, a point not to put myself in a situation. And when you say that to him, well, you know, you shouldn't say that. It's not, it's, you're saying that they're asking for it. I'm like, no. When I would go to a party and I knew I was going to drink, I made sure I had a couple people with me at all times and we stayed together. Well, and here's the concept I think you have to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so you're saying I asked for it. We have to stop worrying about being so politically correct. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, yeah, you asked for it. Mm -hmm. And I know that is not a popular statement and there's going to be a lot of people pissed that I said that. But you also have to realize there are certain people that will tell you, I won't even go. Cops won't go into this area at night. If Mm -hmm. you go into that area with your ATM card to hit the ATM, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm empowering you as a victim. It means you have to be aware of your surroundings who you're with, what you're with. If you don't know the person, you don't understand what's going to happen, yes, you are putting yourself in harm's way. Climbing into the polar bear exhibit because you think polar bears are cute doesn't mean that you're not or that you're innocent. It means you're ignorant. Mm-hmm. And ignorance is not bliss. You can't just say, this is it. You have to be culpable for your actions and realize that if you put yourself in a dangerous situation, you get behind the wheel when you're drunk, mm-hmm. you could end somebody else's life, or you could severely change yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it goes. Going to a room with somebody you don't know, or or even with people you do know, if you feel that there's something in that and and you know it going forward, you have to learn to, to remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Men and women. Well, when and my uh, – a few years ago, mm-hmm. probably four or five years ago, my car got broken into, and pretty much everyone's response to that – was that I made the mistake in having a camera in the front seat because it basically enticed them to mm-hmm. break into my car. So, you know, if you can be culpable as a victim in one case, you know, either you're not capable culpable as a victim ever or 
you are. There's no right. like, you know, sometimes the victim had a part in it and sometimes the victim did not. It's right. you have well, to choose. And if you're in an area that you don't know at night, men or women, mm-hmm. and you're flashing money, you're acting stupid, you you know, you're you're putting yourself in risk's way. Yeah. Unfortunately, women have to be more diligent about that. Well, mm-hmm. it's not fair. We shouldn't have to be. You shouldn't. But that's not the world we live in. Yeah. So it's take the responsibility so that you don't get put into that. But like you said, sometimes it's the person that you love and trust that takes and does yeah. these violations. Yeah, it's like people think that acknowledging that there's evil in the world is uh, like excusing the fact that that evil exists. But well, that's not how it works. Right. Well, the okay, like the typical scenario of, of what we've been talking about, a girl goes into a guy's room, both have been drinking heavily, she's kind, she's super drunk, he's super drunk, yet she's, you know, I mean, understand she's the victim, you know, but... Yeah, but if he's it, equally as drunk, exactly. then, you know... Like, if, if I were put in that position and I woke up that morning and be like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that, I would take account, I, I would take my own self accountable and say i shouldn't have drank that much i made a mistake i wouldn't look at him and say you assaulted me because he's just as he's drunk he doesn't know what he's doing but yet i'm the victim i i just i i can't buy it to have these kind of my daughter came home one day and she's like dad i need you to talk to my friend and i said okay and her friend was like a part of our family Mm -hmm. and she said i think i've been raped and i don't know what to do and i'm like what do you mean you think you've been raped and she starts to tell me this story and my daughter's reaction and the way her friends were reacting, I could see where the concept, I think I was raped. And it was, it was disheartening to hear. And I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, I was with this guy and we started messing around and, you know, I let him touch me and let him do this and that. And then when he got inside, I said, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he, he stopped and got dressed, but you know, I, he was inside and I'm like, but, the minute you said no, he stopped. And she goes, right. And I go, then that's not rape, honey. Mm-hmm. You know, if you'd said no, 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 and then he did it anyway, mm-hmm. that's a rape. If he stopped, he was being respectful of you. Mm-hmm. It was maybe a bad decision for both of you, but you can't consider that rape. But there in that moment, both my daughter, her friend, and their friends believe that to be rape. That could have ruined that kid's life. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess it couldn't, it couldn't, by going to court, if they, they would have shot her down in a heartbeat. But then people go, oh, the job of the other attorney is to show how it's all your fault as the woman. Mm-hmm. But in the sense where you're getting undressed and you're in a state of undress and you're getting into an, um, a, a physical intimacy with somebody and you're not saying no and you're going along with it. And then when you do say, you know what, I'm not comfortable, if they stop, that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. It's if at that point you say no and then they keep going. Yeah. Now, and I know there's been guys who's then their actions are, well, she can't get me all fired up like that. She was asking for it. No, idiot. She said no. End mm-hmm. of story. Mm-hmm. It may be hard and it may be cruel you know, in <laughs> yeah. that sense. But the fact is you, you have to respect those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to go to jail for anybody. Yeah. And if that's the case... If that's what's going to happen, then you just have to learn. You know, everybody needs to know their place and how to deal with or avoid these situations. And you know what? First of all, if you and I met in college mm-hmm. and we were getting hot and heavy and we're both drinking and I said, you know what? Let's let's do this tomorrow when we're both sober so I can enjoy this. You can enjoy it. And it's going to be a good memory, not something that maybe we'll regret. I would only guess that'll endear you more to me mm-hmm. than if I took advantage of that situation I at that moment. I would respect you more. And I would rather, and that's what my concept was in college. And I watched friends deal with women that, you know, made claims against them. When I was there at the party, I watched the girl dragging the guy off into the bedroom. And then she'd be, you know, oh, he was all over me. And I'm like, we watched you drag him literally by the belt loop into the bedroom. Yeah. You know, and that's not, was she asking for it? But if you start to put yourself in positions... That's when people start calling you out. And it's unfortunate that the victim does get called out, but we've seen time and time again. It's not like it's unprecedented. We have to know the background of the person that was involved in it. Mm-hmm. And and because people have done this on both the male and female side of this, making claims that aren't true, <clears throat> law and due diligence is the important thing. We have to make sure that the person we're about to put away is legitimately... Yeah. Yeah, people say, like, how can you not believe women, but they don't think about how can you 
ruin someone's life so casually. It's right. like, you know, not believing someone is a lot more benign than casually throwing people in prison. Well, and here, like, perfect example with, you know, Donald Trump's take on illegals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's real easy to say he's a racist and he's a pig. However, you know, like, here's an interesting twist. I'm, because I do supernatural news, I have keywords in Google news stories. I look mm-hmm. for alien, UFO, Bigfoot, ghost. Do you know how many alien stories I get that talk about illegal aliens that have raped, murdered, oh, yeah. killed, abused, stolen, done this? And if you start seeing that enough, you, you can understand why people feel like, yeah, maybe we do need a wall. Well, but the all statistics you're say is that, that aspect of pretty it. much like people who are here illegally have a much higher rate of criminality than people who are even people who have immigrated here legally tend to have the same amount of criminality as people who are born here. Right. But if they're here illegally, that's the difference. It's not the immigrant status. It's the illegality of it. But then they're being put in the position where because of how they had to get here to get away from what they were dealing with. Yeah. They're put into a position in order to survive. Sometimes they have to do extreme things, uh, but rape murder is not one of them. Yeah, let's, no, let's you're never break. surviving if you're doing right. that. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Samantha, who started as a customer service rep and is now operations manager. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom, again, will be back with us on Monday hosting the program. He's gone today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tom will be back with you Monday. I'll be here with us. Who's our, our comedian guests tomorrow? Uh, well, we have Pete Lee, who's going to be at Acme. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been on before. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's been on many times, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be bringing in his girlfriend. Ooh. So this should, I know, we're going to have Couples Day, couples day at, the the, studio, huh? at the Tom Bernard Show. Um, we have at House of Comedy Ada Rodriguez, I believe her name. Okay. Yep. And so, yeah, she'll be coming in the first hour. Second hour will be Pete Lee. And I know we're working on another special guest, so hopefully we'll have – I don't want to say anything, but we're mm. waiting to hear back on, on another guest that might pop on phone line for us for a few minutes. Dr. Mm-hmm. John Huber will be with us in a few minutes as we talk about childhood memories and how people remember things that never happened. People do have notoriously unreliable memories. Right, and we're talking about um, you know, this Mandela effect. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, yeah. yes, I have. And it's, it's a strange deal, and people will swear by it, and, and they remember things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Berenstein Bears. Right. How do you spell that? Baron S-T what? A-I-N or E-I-N, right? Pretty much everyone's going to say E-I-N, but it's actually A-I-N. It's Berenstain. Right. And people just can't believe that this their whole lives, they've been remembering it wrong, and so many people are remembering it the same wrong way. 
And here, you know, now on that one, that's been a big linchpin for this whole Mandela effect. Yes. I will say I remember going to Trinity Lutheran grade school and seeing the Berenstein Bears books. I always thought it's interesting that we've got books about Jewish bears. <laughs> I remember thinking that because it was spelled S-T-E-I-N. Mm. So I always remembered them as the Berenstein Bears. And but there there has been some issues where uh, and they've shown it on video cassettes and some DVDs. The outside of the box is the Berenstain Bears, and when you look at the DVD or the video cassette itself, it's spelled S T E I N. So sometimes the printers may have made mistakes, yeah. which means that if somebody put it in print somewhere else, they were just copying, pasting, yep. doing those things. So that could be what gives us some of these false memories. But then there are other false memories that are well shared that are just it's hard to, you know, I know I remember this. I specifically remember this. You know, one I have, uh, because I love movies so much. Are you going to talk about the genie one? No. Oh, because everyone remembers. Right. God, what was it? What's his name? Yeah. Sh- oh, uh, Shazam. Not Shazam. Kablam or something like that. Yeah. It was Shaquille O'Neal in a genie movie that he never was in. Right? Or, or no, no, it was, Sinbad. was Sinbad. Sinbad. Everyone right. remembers Sinbad being a genie in a movie. But, but never that was. never happened, right? Which yeah. is surprising that they haven't made one now. Just to jump yeah, in really on that. call it like call it the Mandela effect, right? Um, but no, I, I have two very distinct memories, and I can't find anything to back either one of them up because I was such a movie file, and I worked at movie theaters. Mm-hmm. We used to see the trailers and the, the those teaser trailers that never really gave you anything. Yep. Yeah. But there was a trailer for Die Hard Two, mm. right? And the original trailer showed. Uh, Bruce Willis's character running around through the looks like the basement of a building, right? And he's got his gun out, and he rounds the corner, and this was his line. He says, how can the same thing happen to the same guy twice in the same night? Mm-hmm. So what happens is he gets done with Nakatomi Towers or whatever it yeah. was, and he's going to fly back home, and that's when the airport gets taken over. Mm-hmm. So it's... it's I don't know if they figured out there's no way he could have physically survived that night and still had enough strength to go do a yeah, whole new that's battle. Definitely. And that's that's why I thought oh they must have changed it. But there's no mention. And you know everything is saved. There's oh, yeah. no video of that. The other one was when aliens came out. Mm-hmm. Uh Alien, then Aliens, then Alien Three was coming out. The original teaser trailer said it was like in nineteen seventy eight we told you that in space no one could hear you scream. Mm-hmm. And in nineteen eighty we brought you back. And in 1982, on Earth, everyone can hear you scream. Mm. And they show the ship, and then you see the Earth. Yeah. And then the aliens came over the screen. And that was it. There's That doesn't exist. I remember watching it. I remember because mm. I was blown away. I'm like, yes, the aliens are finally coming to Earth. Instead, it turned out to be a, a prison planet. Yeah. So that was one of my, how can I, how can I remember it so detailed? Yeah. But it doesn't exist. I, I have one. It's not as cool as yours. Mine's kind of pathetic. But um, I remember in like 2000, 2001 maybe, um, I was sitting in my townhome watching these commercials for Old Navy. And the little cartoon that they had was SpongeBob SquarePants. Right. But at the time, I didn't know who what SpongeBob was. Right. So I'm like, why are they using a piece of cheese to advertise for jeans? <laughs> right. And I cannot find anything about SpongeBob being kind of the I little... remember that for Old Navy. And I can't find it anywhere. Really? Right. Yeah. You know Andy's going to find it because he knows how to find that stuff. I've tr- I tried. Oh, you can't find it either? I cannot. See? And uh. I'm like... And then everyone's like, I don't remember that. I'm like, I swear, I remember watching SpongeBob bounce around on the TV advertising for Old Navy jeans. Huh. And Because <laughs> I remember saying out loud, why are they using a piece of Swiss cheese right. <laughs> to advertise for jeans? It, those two don't go together. But then I found out who he was with SpongeBob SquarePants. and Because uh, this was before I had kids and everything, so I didn't watch cartoons. And... Um, but then, obviously, in 2005, once my son was old enough to watch cartoons, he loved his SpongeBob. I'm like, that's the guy for Old Navy. <laughs> I remember that commercial, but I'm you looking do. it up and I can't find it either. I know. I can't find anything anywhere. Because I think I remember thinking the same thing. I was not, I had no clue who the hell he was, but I remember thinking, why is there a piece of cheese doing a jeans commercial? Yeah, because he has his pants are square. Yeah. <laughs> 
They were a nice cut on SpongeBob. Oh, they were very good looking. Has Dr. John Huber called in yet? Not yet. All right. Hopefully he'll uh, he'll get in. If not, well, maybe we can revamp to bring him in on a mm-hmm. different different episode. Yeah, but these false memories are pretty pretty weird, especially mm-hmm. when they're that detailed. Yeah. Now I understand like movie lines, right? Mm-hmm. Andy, and I don't know if you've dug into this, but you remember like with uh, the magic mirror on the wall? Yeah. What was what was the way to to evoke it to have it respond? Yeah, everyone uh, remembers mirror mirror, right? Which I also remember, but it's magic mirror on the wall, right? And nobody remembers magic mirror. I think for that one, it's because it was parodied so many times, Agreed. always as <laughs> mirror mirror say, for yeah. some reason, uh-huh. which is actually the case in a lot of things, right? Like everyone remembers in um, what whatever that movie was where the, he yells Stella. What was oh, that, that movie? Was Streetcar Named Street Desire. Named Desire. But that scene doesn't really play out the way that it's always parodied. Right. He's not like yelling out Stella. He's just calling out to her to get come to her window. Right. And he gets a little crazy because he's wants he's yeah. passionate and wants her down there. Right. But uh, well, the other big one was uh, Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And in the movie Casablanca, you know, it's played it again, Sam. And as a matter of fact, they Woody Allen did a parody yeah. on that called Play It Again, Sam. Uh-huh. So many people remember the line. It's what it's play it once, Sam. Well, he said you played it for her. Yeah. Now you can play it for me. Play it, Sam. Yeah. And that was the the line. I'm probably even missing it by a, a word or two, but mm-hmm. that was it. It was never played again, Sam. Mm-hmm. Luke, I am your father. Right. Now, that's, that's always weird, one of though, them. Right. Because even that that's interesting to me because there's a, a line in um, one of the interviews where they bring that up to uh, James Earl Jones, and he goes, I don't ever remember saying that. I remember saying, Luke, I am your father. Not, no, I am your father. Maybe they recut it or something. Could be. But who, yeah, I don't know. See, that's Maybe. the other problem. George Lucas well, no. has dipped so much back and forth into that series yeah. that what did he affect? Well, I was going to say maybe in one of the trailers he says it, but I... There's no way they would put that in the trailer. They might have. There's a lot of times trailers There's had original of, cuts that true. don't make the final movie. Yeah. And I got to give credit to like the Paranormal Activity franchise. They were smart about putting scenes into the movie, and then you'd go see it, and it looks scary as hell. And you go in, and not one of those scenes appeared in the movie. I know. And it was still scary as hell because you didn't. it didn't take away from what you were expecting. That's true. I hate watching. Like I love Godzilla movies, right? This new Godzilla is coming out. I've avoided most of the news now because they're giving away. Just yeah. the headlines are like, oh, finally, we're introduced to the new monsters. I don't want to know. I avoid the article. Yeah. But this summer, the movie will end much. like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. Well, I see it now, and, I guess. comedies, the, when you go in and see a comedy. All the best jokes are in that trailer. And I love like the old ones. When you go see like, you should go online and look up like old Martin and Lewis commercials for, for their movies. Mm-hmm. They would be like Martin and Lewis standing in front of it, and they'd be standing there going, "Oh, you got to come on out and check out brand new movie. We're going to be caddy. Is it a you know wealthy country club?" And they give just a brief little synopsis, and they might show a fleck of a scene mm-hmm. behind them, and they're like, "So check out the new Martin and Lewis film," and and that would be the end of it. Why we should be doing more trailers like that instead of giving away every plot point of these flicks and I, seeing it happen. I think I might have found something interesting. Whoa, what's that like? Let's see here. <laughs> Don't set the bar too high, Andy. I have another day to host here. Wait, why is the audio not? Is something messed up with the computer? I don't know. Hmm. Wonder if that's what's going on. Well, no, he he just never called in, so I don't know mm-hmm. what that's all about. I can huh. Tom. Yeah, I can hear it. That's why weird. is it broken? Oh wait. Okay, here we go. I think I got it. I think so. I think you'll recognize what happens. This is the aliens, bad, huh? Yes, it is. That's... I can't verify because I can't listen. Oh, Jesus. Talk already, guy. (laughs) Where's, Where's the dulcet tones of Tom Bernard? Could have been him for all we know. In 1979, we discovered in space, no one can hear you scream. Yes. Mm-hmm. In 1992, we would discover on Earth, 
everyone there it is. can hear you scream. So that was not a false memory. Thank God. I've been thinking I'm mental. Where did you find that? I've been looking for that stupid video. I uh, googled the phrase in quotation marks, which is important. On Earth, everyone can hear you scream. And apparently among alien fans, that's like a big point of contention because they, they all thought that it that. was going to be on Earth because... Uh, I mean, start everyone. Using quotation. Co- <laughs> start using hurt. them quotation marks. <laughs> in if your you put, Google search. <laughs> if you put quotation marks, it searches for that uh, sentence. Specifically. That's specific. It's but if quote. you don't have the quotation marks, it'll be if it's got all the keywords. Interesting. Very cool. Well, you thank can you learn, for finding we'll that. We'll put can, quotation uh, marks around SpongeBob. Uh, Spongebob Spon- yeah, Spon- Old Navy. Navy. No, just... It's yeah. Old Navy jeans. What'd you say? Old ne- Levi? <laughs> Spongebob Old Levi. Yeah, see, that's the one I could never find. I found a bunch of Old Navy commercials. I like the Old Navy commercial was... they did for... Uh, they had Vacation. Uh-huh. And they had Clark and Ellen Griswold and then all three versions of their kids yes. standing around the Christmas tree. Yeah, that was a good one. I wasn't... No, that wasn't a Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a Christmas one. It was a Christmas one, right? Yeah, because I thought because Anthony something. Michael Hall came back for it. Uh, Juliette Lewis came back for it. Johnny Galecki came back for it, and then the other two. See, why am I thinking that was one of one of the featured Super Bowl commercials? You know, a few years I back. Don't know. That's weird. I know, but honey, you're wrong so often. It must oh, just be normal. Oh, shut for up! <laughs> <laughs> I am not wrong. All look the what time. you get to look forward to in marriage, Andy. <laughs> it's all great all the time well, that's right every every second of it false memories well john huber apparently yeah. had a memory to call us at a different time <laughs> we'll get in touch with uh, dr huber and, and have him on because i'm interested to hear what he had to say about this topic but the concept of how easily our minds can be tricked mm-hmm. blows my mind and you can supplant these memories you can talk about things and i wonder sometimes when i'm having a memory i'm like did I actually see that or did I want to see that so bad or wish that would happen? And then I'm like, I, I sit there Googling for hours going down rabbit holes. And man, that's the internet is just a sand trap for that. I've sure had is. it where I've had a memory of something. I'm like, I swear this happened. And then I realize, you know, by, you know, doing investigative work inside my head that it was a dream. It wasn't actually, didn't actually happen, but the dream was so vivid, but I don't remember it being a dream. I remember it being reality for me. <laughs> I know. Medical marijuana sounds... is a hell of a drug. <laughs> no, I'm I've serious. I've had dreams where I honestly thought it oh, happened. Yeah. 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 I, know, I, I had a dream once that my dad had murdered a few people and had hidden them in our backyard and in our basement. <laughs> and I woke up like freaked out because you, you have a dream mm. that dark. Vivid, and, right. Yeah. So my, I actually mentioned it on air one day. Forgetting that my parents listen to the radio show, right? Darkness yeah. Radio. So my dad, my dad uh, comes up to me and he goes, "What do you remember about the basement?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and he goes, "Under the stairs." What do you remember? And I'm like, oh. "You see." And then he goes, he starts laughing. He goes, "I listen to your show, dumbass." And I'm like, "Oh God." I love your dad. He likes messing with me, screwing yeah, with my does. mind. All right, uh, that is it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. We've got comedians. Hopefully, a, a few more special guests that'll be joining us. Tom Bernard will be back with the whole cast and crew on Monday of next week. I will be gone by then, <laughs> sent back to the hellhole that uh, I deserve. But uh, thank you all for tuning in and, and spending some time here with us. We'll be back again with you tomorrow right here on the Tom Bernard Show. 